and welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. We are back, sisters. Unfortunately. (laughs) I know. (laughs) You sounded so excited about that, and I don't know why. I'm not. I I mean, I'm glad we're back on the podcast, because we were missed. But we're also back from the beach. Yeah, we were on island time last week. Yeah. Um, Literally on an island. Yeah. Which so it nice. was just time there. Yeah. yeah, they don't call it island time. It's so just time. That's just their time. Uh, but now we're back in the real world. Uh, we want to apologize for not having an episode last week. We tried. We promise. <laughs> we tried to podcast. We, we, we brought equipment, uh, but uh, there, were, there were difficulties. <laughs> yes, yes. Our, our Wi-Fi was on island time as well, and we just never made the episode happen and we are sorry and we'll be better in the future (laughs) (laughs) and i mean we will not be on an island any time in the foreseeable future well i mean well i live in new york i'm i'm kind of always on an island but it's a yeah it's a very wi-fi friendly island (laughs) it's a well-wired island it is yes uh but we we will return to the island next year yes (laughs) i've already we'll (laughs) pre-record yeah I I was a bit overzealous, and I've already booked us a beach house for next year. Yeah. <laughs> I don't they were beautiful and and suitable for uh, the plan is that all the fam, yeah. all of twenty nineteen, all the fam. Like all the rooms are themed. I like how we we like had everybody. one that was like beautiful and tasteful, like a lovely house, and we looked at like the bright colored ones with like the goofy like pirates in the living room. We're like, but but that one. That one comes with a pirate. (laughs) I like the pirates. Why doesn't mine have pirates? (laughs) That's that's my review for that beach house. Not quite enough pirates. (laughs) I wrote that in the guest book. Thank you for a a great stay in your lovely home. It could use more pirates, though. I mean, just like, ah, pirate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there wasn't a single pirate in that house. What Um, is that? But uh, but no, we we do apologize for missing that episode. But we are back and more well rested than ever. It's true. Um, we uh, are well fortified with, well, s- most of us with seafood. Yeah, yeah. Not, I n- I had a lot of uh, French fries and hush puppies. <laughs> <laughs> Vegan options at the beach. Little tricky. <laughs> now we found there was tofu there. I we did find a a tofu or two. We no, found no. a tofu. Yeah, we did. Um, there are always salads. They have those everywhere. There are. <laughs> you usually have to ask them to leave bacon like four different ways off because it's the South. Like, please, no bacon dressing, no bacon bits, no bacon soaked croutons, please. <laughs> what are well, you that- doing back there? <laughs> that was like when they we ordered French fries at the one place and they said, do you want them with the gravy or the what was the other option? The house sauce. Yeah. And we were like, what? Do we want what? Just fries. No, just like the fries, please? The house sauce or the gravy? You gotta have something (laughs) on them. I don't know. Something tells me the house sauce. Probably not vegan. Doesn't doesn't strike (laughs) me. (laughs) What's the house sauce? Also gravy. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a darker gravy. (laughs) There's a brown and a white gravy. Yeah, yeah, I don't... uh, Yeah, everything... You're right. Everything was definitely, but then a lot of it was just filled with seafood, and like we're at the beach, so you can't 
Yeah. Sometimes there is seafood filled with seafood. Yeah. Well, yes. like I don't. shrimp with crab in it and <laughs> fish with other fish in it. <laughs> fish with more fish than other fish. Well, and I mean, you know, like the fact is, is what there are worse problems in life than, oh, no, all I can eat for dinner again is French fries. Shucks. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a it's an okay problem. That's it. Really, that's the secret. I'm I'm not really a vegan at all. I just I just lie about it so I can get away with eating like a child. <laughs> <laughs> so you can eat French fries all the time. Just, no, that's all I can eat. Just- you know what we realized? You know what we realized the last day, Tay? The uh, the ice cream stand, the Ben and Jerry's ice cream stand, had vegan ice cream. No, what? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. They had one. I forget what it was. They had one vegan offering, wow. but but still, they had a vegan vegan offering. And it was like a block away from the front door of our house. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yep, we didn't realize that until we were leaving it on the very last night after going there to get Charlie ice cream one last time in our golf cart. Yeah. <laughs> That, that they had a vegan offering. Oh, man. Well, now I'm really glad you booked that house. I mean, not yeah. that I don't have vegan ice cream <laughs> in New York. There, there are a couple of places. <laughs> there's only, there's one place on earth to get vegan ice cream. The one flavor. Stand. <laughs> Go back to the beach. Uh, we, uh, we had the opportunity to cook together as a, as a family, which was lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, well, one, my, our dad not just my dad. He's our Your dad. singular dad. My singular dad. Our our collective father. <laughs> the father uh, collective. The father collective w- loves low country boil. Yeah. Which many of you may be asking, what's that? Because <laughs> that's not like a thing that everyone has. Did like we mention it though when dad was on? Did we call him low, low country, country Tom? Tom? I think yeah. so. Well, uh, recap, Riley. Just it's, in case somebody didn't hear that. What is a low country is it a, boil? It's a southern thing, right? We usually have like shrimp and corn and potatoes and sausage. And usually sometimes they throw in other seafoods like crab legs or crawdads or mussels or something. Mm-hmm. And you put them all in a big pot and steam them together. Generally you, with like some old bay yeah. or something. You dump it out in the middle of the table or like in between all of you and you, you eat all of it. <laughs> <laughs> just with your bare hands. Yeah. Just like everything there is meant to be eaten with hands. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And butter, hands and, and butter. butter. Yeah. Those are the two accompaniments. Um, not not vegan friendly, no. I would say. Uh, no, but I they, we did find some vegan sausage at the store, so I had my own little separate little <laughs> sterile <laughs> pot of uh, of corn and potatoes and, and vegan <laughs> sausage, which was delicious. Um, and uh, it is our it is our father's favorite thing to eat. Yeah. Um, it was very good. I it would was say. very good. And uh, and it, it made us think about family dinners. It did. Here we are. Which after, you know, almost eight minutes. I have we arrived. We finally reached. <laughs> we took a week off. All right. We're still, we're still on island time. Everything's moving <laughs> a little slow. I'm trying. <laughs> poor Charlie. I have to say, poor Charlie today. She was so sad. She woke up and she said, I miss the beach. And I said, I do too. And then we proceeded to concoct. She got, She buys these little things that have gems hidden in them. They're like mm-hmm. made of sand all pressed together and you have to like chip them away like an archaeological dig mm-hmm. and then Ooh. uncover the gem inside. We did this and she always puts them in a bowl of water because it makes them dissolve really fast. Yeah. So at the end we had this bowl filled with sand and then water on top. And then she proceeded to stand there in it and say, it's like I'm on the beach again. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
Charlie gets very sad leaving fun places. When you all left Disney World, she was in a, a dark depression for like two months about leaving Disney World. <laughs> She's still in the middle of the night sometimes will wake up crying. And when I'll say what's wrong, she'll say, I miss Disney. <laughs> like, I, I still do that. that I haven't been to October. Disney in like 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but it was it was fun. Family dinners. At, now, and I mean, on vacation, it's a different, I guess it's kind of a different thing because it is by default. Mm-hmm. A family dinner. Every, your every dinner is a family dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, our family, I would say, did not always have. We had family dinners, but not like every night of the week. No, yeah. no, we were not. We everybody had lots of things they were doing. Mm-hmm. There were always like rehearsals or practices or what have you. What have you? And so, so we we would have like the. Now we've been in like the routine of having like. Sunday family dinner mm-hmm. for the last few years. Yeah. Tay, I'm I'm not so much you, but I think that that would be a difficult commute to make every Sunday. <laughs> every Sunday. Yeah, it's a little bit. I mean, you could you could like FaceTime me in. I don't know. That's Do, We could start doing that if you want to. Let's FaceTime me into the family dinner. It's, you know. We'll FaceTime you in to see our <laughs> It's I'll give you a clue as to what it is. It's grilled chicken and vegetable every week. Every week. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> every week well i feel like Lately. that was about it when we ha- when we would have a family dinner back like when we were in school like in high school that was kind of that was a go-to mm-hmm. yeah um which is good though because my daughter will eat it and she doesn't eat much of anything so. true yeah so that's nice charlie not cooper yeah no cooper wants to poor thing she cannot um but as a teen i think family dinner was like it was one of those things that I would come and go on. I think I think you have like a rocky relationship with. Because there are times where you're like, oh, I just want to go to my room <laughs> with a box of old lo mein. Yeah. Leave, <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah. Right? So yeah. yeah. Isn't that what college ends up being though? <laughs> Basically. Then you go to a room alone <laughs> with a box of old lo mein for, for like four years. <laughs> so that's college. And some books. Yeah, I I don't know. I think I think maybe just like I don't know if maybe because I don't think we ever really had structured family dinners. I I don't ever remember wanting them as a uh, as a teenager. <laughs> I wanted to sit uh, in my room on the computer, and I think dinner usually for me was like to sit in that one chair we had by all the boxes of cereal, mm-hmm. and just kind of take a few handfuls from each, and then go back upstairs to my anime. <laughs> <laughs> Well, fair. <laughs> that was that was the feeding time. No, I I actually there were times I remember very distinctly like enjoying like oh this is nice mm-hmm. here we are sitting around the table with some shake and bake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, isn't it? Don't you think sometimes Riley? Do you ever think it's pleasant? Yeah, I mean sometimes it'll be like oh here's everybody we're all together mm-hmm. and there's always a solid like ten minutes where Charlie will sit still. <laughs> Cooper's not upset. Everyone's just able to sit and talk, share our 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 weeks together. And and Dad will you know regale us with stories of the local obituaries or yeah <laughs> or a horrible tragedy that he saw in the news. Yeah. You know, actually about that FaceTime thing, I think I uh, I have to work <laughs> Sundays now. That was a that was a facet of our family dinners. As far back as I can remember, Dad always liked to take that opportunity to tell us what he'd read in the news. Generally, something very sad or upsetting. <laughs> it's 
like, okay, well, now that we've heard about that car crash, what else would what we else? all, what do we want to talk about? Yeah. Uh, we have started, now that, like, now I'm on the parent end of this, we have started the family dinner tradition of tell us about the best part and worst part of your day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I like doing whenever I come to dinner at your house because Charlie always makes it about me. Yes. <laughs> it's That's usually true. whenever I come, the best part of her day is hanging out with me and the worst part is leaving me. Aww. Yes. She, uh, she for a while there was saying, I don't know where she gets this stuff. I don't know how she knows to like be an operator like this. Uh-huh. But for a while she was saying, the best part of my day is sitting here with my family. And then we'd say, what's the worst part of your day? And she'd go, all the time that I wasn't here with my family. <laughs> it's like, you're three. You've been here all day. <laughs> you don't I, go anywhere. Out there alone anywhere. in the world. Just <laughs> well, we've had to push like, okay, okay, yes, we know this is very nice. But could you name anything else that happened today <laughs> that was that was good? And then if a bad thing so that we can be like, let's talk about that sad thing and what happened and how you're feeling about it and how you dealt with it and what you wish you would have said or done differently and see I I don't I feel like (laughs) in that in that that sort of question that's that's the classic like you know oh you sit your teenagers down at dinner and ask like how was your day and they say fine and they give you no information I was definitely that like that was also part of the family dinner it's like uh, don't make me talk just let me eat (laughs) see I like the talking (laughs) Sydney likes yeah, to talk. Yeah, we know. <laughs> hey. I love that part of dinner. Once we were all seated, once mom finally sits down. Finally. We all sit down and then look at our food and mom disappears for 15 minutes. Doing something. Doing something. And returns with her cottage cheese and is ready <laughs> to eat dinner. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't feel that way now. Like, now I'm chill with it. Yeah. Not like, ah, Taylor, how's things in New York? Fine. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> that's how I can am. I go to my room now Jeez. <laughs> Taylor you don't have a room here anymore <laughs> you moved out 15 years ago <laughs> is that do you where are you at this point Riley where are you at your I like edge I like, of 18 yeah where, where are you feeling I like family dinners they're they're nice I I especially like them during the first part of the summer because when mom and dad were doing theater it was like they would be at rehearsals most nights of the week and this is the first summer they've done it without me so I would either like go out with friends or whatever for dinner or eat it at home, make it myself. So Sunday dinners were always like the night where we all were together. Sometimes you joined us. Yeah. Um, would you say, I think this is something that probably has evolved in general over time with like teens being more busy. And then like when you throw in ready made kind of meals, like stuff that as mm-hmm. a kid you can make by yourself. And then the addition of fast food would you say that, like, teens, as a rule, do or don't eat with their families anymore? Um, I'd say for the most part, especially during the school year, when I would, like, be doing homework around that time. Because mm-hmm. usually, I mean, we'd be eating dinner at, like, 7.30-ish that time. I would just be starting on my homework and then have a lot to do. So I'd either run in and make something really quick and eat it and then go back to my room or just take it with me and go eat it in my room so i'd say it's like 50 50 whether i eat with family or not and even if i am eating with mom and dad it's not like a formal dinner we all sit at the table and talk it's like we're all sitting around the coffee table like watching the news (laughs) while we all eat i wonder if that's like generalized to like your friends to people your age in general yeah i'd say so because i i think 
there was probably a time before before all of us right. on this podcast that family dinner was the standard. Yeah. Everybody sat down together most, if not all, evenings. Yeah. But then there was, I mean, like, somebody had to cook and we're talking about a time period where, like, a lot of the time the, the mom in the family mm-hmm. was responsible for doing the cooking, mm-hmm. whether she wanted to or not. And then over time, like, by the time Taylor and I were teenagers, I don't know, sometimes, maybe mm-hmm. 50-50. And then now my theory would be that families are different yeah and do teen well we've uh, although we've already covered like teens don't cook no yeah <laughs> no. No, we don't <laughs> i wonder too because i remember when we were growing up said there was always a struggle about like having the tv on during dinner but yeah that was also the time when we had like you had to watch the show that was on at eight because that's when it was on so if dinner wasn't ready till like you know seven thirty, eight o'clock you were gonna watch the show and eat dinner I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is it maybe maybe easier to have a TV-less family dinner now because everybody watches streaming things? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a, true. That's a really good point because we did. That disturbed our dinners a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, heck, that's the origin of the TV dinner, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. it was it was yeah. quick and easy for and like... TV trays. That you yeah, and them. TV yeah. trays and everything. It was, it was quick and easy for, again, we're at a time where generally moms would make this meal in these little containers and then serve everybody in front of the TV so that they didn't have to miss their scheduled programming. Yeah. (laughs) And then eventually that devolved into like us wandering in and out of the living room when like married with children was on or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's like eating wherever there was a TV. I don't know why I have this memory so distinctly. I don't know if you have this one, Sid, but I felt like it was something really special when you didn't eat in the kitchen, but you ate in the, we had like a den in the downstairs that had a big TV Mm -hmm. in it. And when you yeah. got to eat down there on a on a TV tray, that was like, that was really special. Like I remember mom uh-huh. making us like giant steaks and potatoes <laughs> one night, and just you and me sitting there like <laughs> downstairs. Like this is fancy. Our food came down a flight of stairs. <laughs> it was carried all the way here and placed on this, this- on this precariously balanced wooden. <laughs> TV tray that always those things always fell apart. They did, yeah, they always did. But then we were basically at a restaurant at that point. Yeah, <laughs> basically. That's what a restaurant is. Yeah, basically. Um, do you? Uh, I I don't ever remember cooking with mom a lot, like family dinners or dad for that matter. Family dinners where we cooked as a family. Mm-hmm. No. Those those were rare. I mean, until I was an adult. Yeah, other than like <laughs> holidays. Like I, I know I, I we would always pitch in and cook something for every holiday dinner. But mm-hmm. and now I always help, but as a child definitely not, as a teenager. Is that do you ever help with dinner? No, and it's not like <laughs> <laughs> I no. that sounds bad, but it's always just like I feel like mom and dad have worked out a system at this point where it's like dad does this and this is ready at this time and mom does this and it's ready at this time and it's like they do their thing and it's and it works in sync and on a schedule and it's almost like they I don't know it's like a thing they do together I think mm-hmm. and I I don't know it's ever a thing that I've thought to offer to help just because it's a thing that they always have their way of doing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I think, well, I think that's true. I mean, Justin and I have already kind of developed that. Like, mm-hmm. our our kids are too little to help any, although we have Charlie help sometimes when well, we can get her interested. Help is a, a strong <laughs> There term. are things. 
there are things there. Are, I always love in in some of the some of the meal kits that we get, like the delivery service meal kits that you can like mix up a sauce. And so it's basically like here's a bowl and here's like four containers, small containers of things. Just dump them all in this bowl and stir. That. Mm. That's perfect. Like mm-hmm. that's perfect work for a, an almost four year old. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like give her a knife. Right. <laughs> she she will ask for one. Let's yes. work on your knife skills. <laughs> this is how you, Julian, go. She does have, this is going to sound really disturbing, but she does have a baby knife. And uh, what it. <laughs> what's a, a baby knife? Those are two words that don't go together. Any application. <laughs> baby knife. We, so when she was first using how to use, learning how to use utensils, I got her this little set of a fork and a spoon and it came with a little butter knife like a but I mean it's even more dull than a butter knife mm-hmm. like it's just like a dull piece of metal on yeah. the end you know um but I I got her and I remember thinking like why would they put a knife in here what possible just, yeah, like a, like she can't use it for anything yeah. you know she's, well, and I'm not gonna She's gotta I'm not a teacher. She's got to learn her shapes early on. This is a square. This is a circle. This is a knife. <laughs> <laughs> this is a knife shape. She's learned how to spread her butter. <laughs> but she, she eventually like realized like, oh, this is her baby knife. Like she saw it in the drawer one day when she was helping me put dishes away, and she was like, "This is mine. It's a knife." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, but you know." And she loves it. And so now, any opportunity that she can find to try to use her baby knife. So she like helps. It doesn't work very well for anything, yeah. but she tries to like cut her toast with it <laughs> in the morning, like into triangles. Like it barely even does that. We you just end up tearing the bread to shreds. <laughs> but she tries with her baby knife. So yeah. so I guess she does. She has a baby knife. She has a baby. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, I I want to expand family dinners onto like when you join. As a teenager, other people's family dinners. Mm-hmm. That's all new territory. But before right. we do that. Let's check the group message. So uh, this week on the group message, we have a sponsor to tell you about. We do. And that is uh, Beauty by Design. Uh, still buffering and support in part by Beauty by Design, offering complete skincare solutions curated by online estheticians. Yes. Estheticians. I was I I practiced that word to make sure I said it right. <laughs> Doesn't it sound as as like it's aesthetically pleasing yeah. a word as the practice itself? Isn't that very yeah? Anyway, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Riley, how does this work? So here's what you do: you take a skin survey, which is basically just a few quick questions about what your main skin concerns are what the climate is like where you live, how often you're outside, things like that that would affect your skin. Um, And you take a quick selfie of yourself. They suggest, you know, some natural lighting, no makeups, they can see your skin. And then you are reviewed uh, and given a personalized skincare regimen with a live esthetician by text message. Hmm. And then you can order the products they recommend just for you. And all you have to do is choose which products you want and begin. And I tried out Beauty by Design. And when you hear about this, you might think what I did when I first heard of it and thought, well, there's no way that each person who signs up is going to get a real person who's giving them things. Maybe it's like a BuzzFeed quiz type thing where you put in answers based on the answers like they give you. These are the things you like an algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. But it is a real person. She gives you her personal phone number. She says, you know, text me at this number when your products arrive. This is what you do with them. You got, I got a moisturizer, a face cleanser, and a serum. And then they give you a step-by-step 
uh, kind of guideline, you know, use this in the morning, use this in the evening, this should do this, and I've been using mine for about two weeks now since I received them, and they work great for me. And if you have any problems, if anything doesn't work for you, you'll always have your esthetician right there, even after you've ordered your products, to still text and say, hey, this doesn't work, or I need a sunscreen, or I mm-hmm. need a different cleanser, and she's always right there to help you out. Very cool. Yeah. Well, Tay, if our listeners want to check out this very cool service, and Riley, it is working great. You are glowing. Oh, thank you. By the way. Uh, what should they do, Tay? Uh, well, for 20% off your first order, you should visit beautybydesign.com slash stillbuffering and use the promo code stillbuffering. So just head over to beautybydesign.com slash stillbuffering, use the promo code stillbuffering, and you'll get 20% off. It's awesome. Go check that out. Nice. So, I I always found as a teenager, especially maybe since we didn't do a lot of big family dinners, that when you would go to a friend's house and then they would have one, mm-hmm. I found those very stressful. Mm-hmm. Very stressful. Because al- already, like, there are different people there because <laughs> it's not your family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's someone else's. Right. So... <laughs> It's not it's not the family dinner that I'm used to mm-hmm. because it's the wrong family. Not your family. Right. <laughs> You're at a friend's house, Sydney. I know. <laughs> so we're starting <laughs> off on the wrong foot. Sydney walks into the <laughs> dinner room and goes, wait a minute. You said mom. you're having family dinner and my mom and dad aren't here. <laughs> Where's my family? Uh, and then secondly, I always felt like the food was weird. <laughs> This is weird food. It's not the foods that we have at our dinner. They're These are different. Your foods. family foods. <laughs> it's not chicken or broccoli. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just I, I always I was always kind of freaked out. Like that's when you all of a sudden discover like are there mushrooms in this spaghetti? What is happening? Why are there mushrooms in this spaghetti? That's not how you do it. I heard we were having spaghetti and I thought I was safe. I know what that is. I just took a bite of something and I am fairly certain it's a mushroom. I don't you even dislike mushrooms. I'm, no, I'm, I'm fine on mushrooms. I just don't I don't want them in my spaghetti because it wasn't what I was used to. I always remember that. That's one of my my memories of being a teenager and over at a friend's house and taking a big bite of spaghetti and being like, oh, no, <laughs> that's not where a mushroom goes. <laughs> this, this is not like the spaghetti I have. Should I tell them? <laughs> Should, Should I, I tell like, them they're doing oh, it wrong? Listen, y'all, <laughs> you have made this spaghetti so wrong. <laughs> Uh, it's, have you guys never had that experience where you're over to a friend's house and you eat something and it's like, I was not prepared for the way that you made this food? Um, I mean, I went to friend's houses when I was younger, but honestly, when I would go to friend's houses and we would have dinner, the friends I remember having dinner with, it was always like, here, we made this. You can go sit back in the TV room and keep, you know, watching your show or playing video games or whatever and eat it. And it was always something very basic. Like, here's like a ham and cheese sandwich and some fries or here's a burger or a hot dog or something like very generic where I was like this is I can trust this this mm. is fine mm-hmm. mm. I always found it stressful the drink situation mm. where they it was ask like, you what you want to drink and you can either just say something like water <laughs> or you can like ask what they have and then have them list all their things for you well and then they list the things for you and it's like we have like iced tea and 
I don't know. AKA things we don't Grape have at home. Grape soda. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yes. Things that I'm not used to. Strange sodas that I don't typically drink or tea. I'm not an iced tea fan. Yeah. Uh, or like everybody drinks milk. And like I don't drink milk with dinner. Yeah. Occasionally you got something exciting like we have lemonade. Yes. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> I want some lemonade. Or pink lemonade. Even mm. better. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I have to this day issues with asking for anything if I'm in somebody else's house. Like grown up friends, are like, do you want anything? No, absolutely not. I would never ask for that. What? I'm not a monster. Like uh, just water. <laughs> no, no. So as a kid, as, it was even worse. <laughs> I feel like too, like the era we came from when I when it comes to the beverage selection, there were like a lot of weird sort of drinks that came out. That your friends might have because it's what they like. Mm-hmm. And so then, like, the parent will assume, like, well, you'll like these things, too. Would you like and some so sun-kissed like, or some code red Mountain Dew? Maybe Exactly. <laughs> Maybe a, uh, oh, gosh, a Capri Sun. <laughs> that's, exa- that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, like all kinds of various weird Kool-Aid-like products. Mm-hmm. Or, like, what were those bottles, the plastic bottle squeeze things? Were they called squeeze? Those were Kool-Aids. Um, oh no 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 no! Were they though the ones they weren't gushers? What were they called? I know you're, they had the commercials and they all had little faces and they bounced around. What were they called? Yes. <laughs> and they were bottles of squeezy that you. Oh, I thought you meant the little plastic bottles of Kool Aid that were like the. They, but they weren't. No, they weren't Kool Aid though. They were way something. sugarier. They were like these were. This mm. is this is the era of the '90s where everything made for children was artificially colored, mm-hmm. like just pure sugar, and had ridiculous names and packaging that's what exactly they just named it something and then what you were really getting was here is the red sugar here is the blue sugar here is the purple sugar yeah can we all agree the blue sugar's best yeah 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 okay go ahead sorry there was a while where i enjoyed the purple sugar i mean i think if we're dealing (laughs) with like fake flavors i think i might like orange fake flavor the best but that doesn't have the same aesthetic appeal I don't like orange flavor. I always liked what they call grape flavor, which it's. Do, does everybody have a distinct moment in their in their life where they get to the age where the, all of a sudden they go, "That is not what a grape tastes like." Nope. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like when you take a drink of Fanta and you're like, "Hmm, good, not grape. What is not grape. Purple. To be? It's purple. There purple. are many that like a lot of them, and nowadays I think they're better because Charlie gets. For the most part, I keep this stuff out. We are we are milk and water, and that's generally all she drinks. We mm-hmm. don't do juice. We don't do a lot of that other stuff. Um, Mom brought the Kool-Aid jammer things into our lives, and so I will allow it to be a grandparent thing. <laughs> but we don't have those in the house. And I will say, even with that, a lot of the, the newer drinks, one, they're clear a lot. Yeah. They've taken out the artificial coloring. Mm-hmm. And two... They actually do taste a little more like a fruit you could identify, like an actual fruit. Yeah. Um, But I feel like everything growing up, like I had no idea, like cherry flavor was something I did not enjoy. But then the first time I uh, ate a cherry, I was like, well, I also don't enjoy that. But that doesn't taste like (laughs) cherry flavor. (laughs) I don't enjoy either cherries or cherry flavor products, but they don't taste the same. But Mm -hmm. then you're also then cherry specifically caught in that weird loop where like if it's like those bright red toxic like you know, Sunday cherries that you can buy in the store. Those are cherries that are like bleached of all color and flavor and made to taste like fake cherry. Yes. <laughs> like actual cherries 
like a fresh ripe cherry. Nothing like the cherries in the jar. Nothing like cherry flavor. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a whole other creature. Yeah. I wonder if is this a and I I I would theorize not maybe just U.S. but maybe this is more of a of a an American mm-hmm. idea of like playing fast and loose with fruit flavorings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, that was a major that was a major <laughs> pitfall at your friend's house. Like, what what odd drink was I going to be was going to be foisted upon me for dinner? And I had for one. Me, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I say I just I had one friend that had the little barrels. You know. Yeah. Those uh, yeah. This, hugs. I always got those at school. Yeah, they they always had like all like a full shelf in the fridge full of those little multicolored barrels, and that was always yeah. very exciting. They did not have organized family dinners. It was kind of they had a lot of kids, so it was like. This is the thing to eat. Like, grab a handful, run around the room, try not to smear too much on the walls. Have a barrel. <laughs> like, uh, here's a barrel. If it's who you're thinking about, I made Kool Aid for them once, at, at per because I babysat some of those kids. Oh yeah, yeah. And per their mother's instruction, and I did. I had never made Kool Aid because we ne- we didn't drink Kool Aid. Mm-hmm. Gro- I mean, growing up, no. I sometimes the lemonade, but yeah. I think that was it. Like mm-hmm. we never, we just didn't drink Kool Aid. And I remember making it for them without sugar because I didn't know you had to add sugar. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Oh, no. I was like, why aren't these kids drinking this Kool-Aid I was instructed to make? <laughs> I made diet Kool-Aid. Even better. <laughs> I made the Kool-Aid. What's Kool-Aid wrong? Light. I don't like it. I mean, I, I tasted it and I was like, well, it tastes bad, but Kool-Aid tastes bad. I don't get it. <laughs> um, for me, the most stressful dinners are when you go to the dinner of someone's house that you are trying to date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you like. Yes. Um, it took, I have been dating my boyfriend for 13 months now. It took until two or three months ago that I felt comfortable getting myself like a glass of water at his house without like asking someone, is this okay? Is this cool? Is this, <laughs> we're all, all about to sit down to dinner. I'm not going to wait for him to ask if I want water. Can I just like, is this, is this cool? <laughs> Is it is that the guest water? Or? <laughs> yeah, is this like the water water? And then I didn't even know that they had sodas in their house until like six months ago, and I was ever always afraid to ask for one. Like, well, we're a soda house; we always have sodas in our house. But what if this is just a water family? Mm-hmm. <laughs> then they, I found out they had sodas, and everything changed. Yeah. Well, I I think it's stressful both ways. Like, it's stressful to go to like. It, and we're talking mainly teen years, not mm-hmm. not so much. I mean, initially it is as an adult when you meet like your SO's family, but but generally more as, as a, a teenager. Teen. Um, it was stressful to go for dinner because, again, what if the food's weird? What if the drinks are weird? You got to get past that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like you're trying to be interesting and interested mm-hmm. <laughs> and be polite and be like liked. Mm-hmm. by whatever parental units may be present wow. and also any siblings that may be there which is a hard one for me because i was always used to family dinners if siblings were present for me it was you guys and you mm-hmm. all are so much older than me it wasn't like having like sibling siblings there like you all are adults <laughs> so when you go to your you know significant other's house and he has like two siblings that one is younger than you and one is only like two years older than you it's like oh this is what this is what this is like I don't know how to make you like me. <laughs> I that, I would just always default to the let me try to be as helpful as possible. 
uh, mm-hmm. for two reasons. Mm-hmm. One, obviously, being helpful is a nice way. Like, look, I'm so useful and friendly. And the other one is, if there's something I could do with my hands, then maybe I don't have to talk to anybody. Like, mm-hmm. let me load the dishwasher. Let me set the table. Like, can I can I make a casserole? I don't even know what's in that. But let me do that because <laughs> please don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then you had to like pray that if you were going to be in that situation, especially with, with like a, a significant other, that you, the food that they decided to make would be something that w- did not lend itself to mess. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like, please don't let it be something I eat with my hands. Yeah. <laughs> I will definitely get it on the front of me. Again, I hate to bring up spaghetti again, but spaghetti's a big problem because if you start twirling those noodles around too fast. <laughs> Sydney, uh, do you have some you problems thing about with spaghetti? spaghetti? Well, see, I, I think <laughs> this is a bit of a tangent, but as far as food that is that I I have a very specific traumatizing memory of trying to eat sushi in front of uh, a significant other, and the problem with sushi is like your regular size sushi is you either got to accept that you're going to try to fit the whole piece in your mouth, or you've got to uh-huh. bite it in half, which sometimes doesn't yeah. work so well. No, yeah. and so I went with the I'm going to put the whole piece in there and. Just hope it works, and that is, uh, it was too much, and that's a whole other issue. (laughs) Well, and then, and then even if you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to choke on this, and I'm not going to spit it out, I am going to be chewing this for, like, the next five minutes. Yeah, yeah, this is my life now. Every time someone looks at me for the next five minutes, I'm still chewing that same piece of food, (laughs) and then nodding, oh, mm, 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 I'm just looking down at the rest of it on your plate, like, I have to do this so many times. You're timing your bites to like, oh, they're talking. They seem to tell long stories. I'll take a bite yeah. now. It's like, yeah. I just said something clever or interesting. I can have another bite of food now because it's not going to circle back to me for a minute, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> and there's always that weird conversation where the first time they ask you like, oh, this is what we're having for dinner tonight, by the way. Do you like that? And then like you what can you- either, if it's no, you could say no. But then it's like, oh, is is your mom or dad going to make something different for me? Because I don't want that. <laughs> but, like, I'm going to be there for dinner, so am I just going to sit there? Like, I can't tell you I don't like it, because then what if I make myself eat it, and then you watch me eat it, and no, I don't like it. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've sat there, and specifically the food I think of is, like, olives, <sighs> and choked down olives on something, thinking... <laughs> I hate these olives so much. I hate olives so much. <laughs> but I don't want to be the I don't want to be the person sitting at the table like picking olives out of something. Yeah. So I'm just taking bites going, olives mm. so briny. I I also it was at a friend's house that happened, but I remember the first time sitting down with a, a friend's family for dinner and realizing that they were the kind of family that ate with both an, a fork and a knife in their hands at the same time mm. and just feeling like a cave person because I realized (laughs) I never learned how to eat with more than one utensil (laughs) (laughs) like I know how to fork or knife but that's it I can't make them both work like what kind of weird symphony what dance is this you're doing what choreography is this where you could cut your food with and it's just and to this day like there was a point where I was like should I learn that I'm in my 20s it's never gonna happen one utensil for life that's where I am (laughs) Do you cut? Well, you don't eat meat anymore. Never mind. No, yeah. like you know, you like cut it up ahead of time, or like at a, but like not like at the same. I don't oh. know. It's like at the same time where they're like, and they're always holding the knife and the fork, yeah. and the forks upside down. Like, what is that for? Why is that? <laughs> I, I don't understand the upside down fork. <laughs> I don't know, but it does look very dainty. I always feel it does. Like. It does look nice. Well, I I just looked around at the table full of this family, and I was like, well, you are just a different kind of people than me. 
I don't know how to do what you're doing. I don't think I can ask. Excuse me. How do you eat food? How do you do that? I was never trained. How do you do that thing you I do learned. with the knife and the fork? I mean, I got to be real. It's hard for me now to just use a hand with this, you know? Like when you can't get the salad onto your forks, you just, you just stick a finger down there. Just scoot it. <laughs> or like when our dad will like pick up a whole steak on his fork or uh, pork chop or chicken yeah, breast and just, just into it. stick take a in bite. his fork and just take a bite out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I, this is the, this is who taught me how to eat. <laughs> just like, <laughs> that was, you got a multitask. You got one hand for eating. The other hand is for de- defending yourself. I don't know. <laughs> the, that was the other part of like having a significant other is like having a meal with their, their family. The harder thing for me was like, inviting them home especially our family because sometimes <laughs> listen hey, look, no we're great but <laughs> we are and i had never had we're a, a lot <laughs> i had never had uh a serious like boyfriend or girlfriend to bring home before especially go out to dinner with my family and the first time this happened i think was when we went to the beach the very first night and we set out. We were like, okay, we don't have time to make anything, so let's order something from somewhere and go and pick it up. And we passed the paper around, wrote down what we all wanted, and we got to the paper. And my boyfriend looked at me and said, this appetizer list is like <laughs> all of the oh appetizers. That is, is your family yeah. writing them down for us to like circle which one <laughs> we want? Or is this all of the ones they're getting? <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. we're getting all of them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had the same experience. I brought a, a friend to the beach and the two of us like walked to a restaurant to put in the large family order later in the week. <laughs> she had the list and she was just like, this is everything. <laughs> we just transcribed the menu. There was one night where we did order every single appetizer and mm-hmm. one of them more than once. Yeah. Yes. And then I tried, I man, this just goes to show we're talking about like the when you first start dating somebody and like meals with fa- the family and the awkwardness of mm-hmm. that how like no matter how long you've been with somebody you can ha- you can have surprises because mm-hmm. we go out to dinner and we order literally like every appetizer literally every appetizer and so i said i'm thinking well i was gonna get this one entree <laughs> but i mean with all these appetizers i probably don't need an entree i'll just eat that and that yeah. and i'll be full so justin orders something and i think that sounds good. We can split that. Why don't we just split that with all the appetizers <laughs> we're getting? So I say that and he looks at me like, how could you? <laughs> well, how could you do this to me? Mm. We didn't discuss it beforehand. I was going to say, as a witness to that, that's the thing. You could have offered that, but put him on the spot right there where the server's there. Everybody's listening because like, oh. everybody's waiting to put their order in. And you just put him on the spot like that. I don't, I don't. I don't know how I would have. I, th- I thought I thought twelve years of marriage had been long yeah. enough for us to just on the fly make that call. I will say I've been in this position, except opposite, where I was at a restaurant with my boyfriend's family, and I've never split food with someone before. This is not a thing that we do in the small household. We don't split food. No, we like to eat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we're at this place in this restaurant. It has this one thing that I really like, and I was really excited. I knew I was going to order before I even got there. But like you do the thing where you look at the menu anyway, so you look like you don't mm-hmm. know exactly what you want before <laughs> you sit down at the table. And he leans over. He's like, hey, this is a lot of food, and I'm not really hungry. Do you guys want to split this with me? And there's something different. It was like, his family's paying for my food. I'm not going to order something else. Sure, I'll split it with you. That's fine. <laughs> it was not fine. 
Well, I think that's just like you kind of learn like what to expect and, and how to eat from your family. And it's it's very jarring to try to like figure that out with other people that you're not related to. I mean, I feel like mm-hmm. maybe it's not the only reason that a relationship has gone awry, but I've definitely like can think of someone that I just dated in the past where like we'd go out to dinner and they didn't want an appetizer and they didn't want dessert. They just wanted their food and that's theirs and no, we're not sharing. <sighs> And I mean, that's the fun. You go out to dinner with like a friend or like a, you know, a significant other, a couple people, you get a few things to share. You get to try other things. And it's like every time we went out to dinner, it's like, well, no, this is my thing. You get your thing. We don't get things before or after that thing. It's like, I don't think this is going to work. I'm I'm an appetizer (laughs) and dessert kind of gal. And you just a main course loser. So, you know. That's that's really I I agree. I think that is a distinct personality difference. Like I'm an appetizer dessert person. Of course, I'm going to get an entree. But the reason I go to a restaurant is because like you can get more than one appetizer or dessert and then try them. Well, and especially when you got to dinner with all 10 other people in your family at the beach and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, there are 10 of us. Let's get 10 appetizers. Let's get all the appetizers, all the desserts. And we're going to eat all of the appetizers because we're all hungry. So we're going to finish yeah. all of them. And then the giant entrees we ordered are going to come and we're not going to eat any of them. <laughs> well, <and I> will, <laughs> but we're going to take them home. And then we're going to order dessert. <laughs> I, I will say that I under I, I think that, you know, not it's not just like we don't just have like boundless of appetizer dollars to spend. I think it's because growing up, like you go out to eat and it was a special thing. Like we didn't go out to eat right. all the time. It was it was right. something significant must have happened if we were going out to a restaurant. And so you you always like do it up because you're there's something to celebrate and even like when we're together yeah. we're not all together at the same time sitting down at the table so when you do you do it up like yeah you know yeah no Just, i agree i, I, I think that's what it was yeah i don't go out to eat that often but when i do i want it to be a thing <laughs> i want to do it up well um this isn't really related to family dinners but i feel like we've talked enough about food that i should like conclude our beach vacation food adventure with the fact that, and Taylor, you'd already departed for the airport, so you did not have to witness this. Oh, I know what you're going to say, though, without saying <sighs> it. Oh. Coming downstairs and finding that at he was eating leftovers. Eight, I'm just going to call it. Eight o'clock in the morning. Eight o'clock in the morning. Dad has out all of the leftover Low Country boil. I knew it. He has baked all of the leftover like frozen food things we had. French fries, which like crispy crown, you can save those things. Pizza rolls, bagel bites. <laughs> it is eight in the morning. There are like three containers of ice cream sitting on the counter. There's like packages of cookies. It's like everything. Everything's just sitting out. Like and anyone... he's looking at you like, hmm? are you gonna eat breakfast? Yeah, this is breakfast. He's like, here's breakfast. All the breakfast. Now th- these were breakfast sausages, yes, but all the breakfast sausages yeah. were prepared and laid out. Here. And I knew this was going to happen, and I was prepared for it. And I thought, how do you prepare your significant other for this <laughs> monstrosity? Here's the thing. We, we we walk downstairs. I'm like, this is it. He's gonna he's gonna break up with me. He's gonna be like, I can't. Your family is eating pizza rolls and crispy crumbs for breakfast. I can't do this. He walks right over the tray of pizza rolls and eats like ten of them. Just like this is fine. This is breakfast. And you're like, this is gonna work. <laughs> this is this good. Is this is gonna work. That's, that's the thing. Teens love pizza rolls, no matter what time of day. That's the rule that's forever. It. I believe pizza in the morning, <laughs> pizza in the evening, pizza at supper time is the when pizza's on a bagel or in a roll or a pocket, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now you did eat some of this. I did. I did too. I, so and actually, pizza. I demanded that we make the bagel bites because I felt like it was a more acceptable form of pizza. <laughs> and then they got so burnt <laughs> in the is, oven, no one could eat them. That is for <laughs> 
what is I pizza took a in bite. the morning? It says so. Pizza rolls, I don't know. <laughs> I won't have these pizza rolls, but those bagel bites. Bagels in the name. Yeah, they seem legit. That is true. It is a it's bagels breakfast food. Uh, I, I do have one last question, though, because I've noticed this with other people. Um, eat, like, waiting for everybody to get their food before you eat. I'm always, mm-hmm. that's the one thing, like, for all the etiquette that I clearly do not have when it comes to eating a meal, I'm always, mm-hmm. like, aghast when I'm out to dinner with friends and people start eating before everybody has their food. Yeah. Like, what are yes. you doing? We were, It's not like we would wait and say grace or anything. It's just mm-hmm. everybody has their food. Now eat. <laughs> yes. Now, yeah, that, that, I, that is the one rule that I knew. That's it. That's it. I don't know how to not just stab my food or eat it with my hands, but I know to wait. <laughs> and there's always where, you know, like either mom or dad's food doesn't come like, okay, everyone eat. Go ahead. I don't mind. Mm. And it's like, is it, can I? It's never okay. I, I, that's the I answer. No, it's no. not okay. That's a trap. <laughs> yeah, don't, no, don't fall for yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I have never. Because you'll take one bite and one of them will ask you, how's your food? <laughs> mm. Sounds good. That looks pretty good. Yeah. I don't have any yet. Yeah. Good, um, unless somebody has fries, in which case it is acceptable for them to offer fries to the table and have some of and their fries. Some, yes. uh, that is, I believe that fries violate the rule. I agree. <laughs> All right. Good. Now we have laid out table table etiquette. With, with still buffering. With still buffering. <laughs> I hope you understand now because we don't. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you, um, my beachless sisters, Aww. now beachless, formerly beachful, <laughs> now why beachless. Why you gotta make it so sad? I know, That's why is. Charlie gets so sad. <laughs> well, well, we'll go back again. And if nothing else, I do have this bowl of water <laughs> upstairs that's got some colored sand in the bottom. Perfect. That you could stand in. She was so pitiful standing there. And she was like, it's like the beach. Oh. <laughs> like the saddest uh, thing I've heard in a while. I know. But she had fun. I would like to point out before we go, I have shared my sad Mitchell Musso story on this podcast before where Justin told me he got his autograph when I was younger. Turns out I found out several years later it broke my heart. It was a fake Mitchell Musso autograph. Yes. We have done the same thing for Charlie now where we bought a shark's tooth. Oh, yeah. We hid it in under the sand on the beach and waited for her to find it. And mm-hmm. watched her dig up a shark's tooth and think she found it. Mm-hmm. This is something that one day I will share with her. <laughs> and this also is not like, you know, if you find shark's tooth, uh, shark's tooth at the beach, they're the little teeny black yeah. things. This is a giant white. Fossilized shark's tooth. Yeah, I mean, like, and she has already said, I need this on a necklace before preschool. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and she is dead oh, serious. She wants a giant shark's tooth around her neck. Like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> who is this kid I, this is my daughter In, immediate my daughter. alpha territory <laughs> she also by the way yesterday uh mom's one of her garden statues was missing an arm and mom was trying to figure out wh- what happened mm-hmm. and charlie said we need to investigate and then she looked at me and went the game is afoot <laughs> <laughs> i am dead serious and i went did you just say the game is afoot and she said that's what detectives say oh <laughs> <sighs> Charlie. I can't wait yeah. for her to start school. I Just know. don't, don't, don't let them like get any of that weird out of her, because that's that's gonna make her money one day. <laughs> I, I find myself quoting Shrek the musical to her. I keep going, "What makes us special makes us strong, Charlie. We're <laughs> we're strong because we're different. It's okay. Please don't change." 
All right. Well, thank you, sisters. Thank you, listeners. Uh, and we're back, and we'll we'll try not better to than leave. ever. Better than ever, and we'll try not to leave again. Uh, thank you uh, to everybody who listened to our show. If you like our show, you'd love a lot of other podcasts on the Max Fun Network. So yeah. you should check out MaximumFun.org for their for their wonderful shows. And uh, you can tweet at us at StillBuff. And you can email us at stillbobfreen at maximumfun.org if you have suggestions or questions or topics or what have you, whatever you'd like to communicate to us. We'd love to hear it. Uh, and thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Mine. This has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager. And I, I was, was two. <laughs> You probably know that Max Fun podcasters are funny in the talking way, but did you know they also are funny in the writing way? We are very excited to announce that John Hodgman and Paula Poundstone wrote books that have been named as semi-finalists for the 2018 Thurber Prize for American Humor. John Hodgman, celebrated fake internet court presider, is the host of Judge John Hodgman and was recognized for his book Vacation Land. Paula Poundstone's book is called The Totally Unscientific Study of the Search for Human Happiness, and you can hear her expound on happiness and many other topics on her new podcast, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. The Thurber Prize is one of the highest awards for humor writing in the United States, and we are proud to have both these authors on Maximum Fun every week. Paula Poundstone and John Hodgman, congratulations. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.